0: last time on Paradise Lost.
1: So I, James, I massacred that. And I remember who was, I remember it was big time, like four o'clock news, midtime time KBC. And when I finished the news, the, 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 the presenter who was, you know, the presenters that do their shows, yeah, told me, yeah, just go and get, enda to <laughs> and I'm this little woman who has just done her first state on, on radio and she's massacred the very same thing that is supposed to be like the biggest news bulletin for her. Anyway, so yeah. I went back to the newsroom to find um, the main anchor. The late Matilda I remember Matilda whilst well, I was there and she whispered quite loudly, James, it's what the highest what
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> The era of liberalized media ushered in new media houses and opened up a new world of choice for audiences. Media blitz and launches and relaunches of stations became something that Kenyan audiences could now be accustomed to. Working in the newsroom looked really cool. Celebrities were being created more often than they were before in the era of one national broadcaster. As the modernization was going on in the media business, the environment that these celebrities were getting into was also not very well defined. Here is BBC journalist Sophie Kenyon explaining just how hard it was being in the newsroom in those days.
1: The newsroom all the you know, it was like very feared.
0: A tough working environment indeed. Welcome to the second episode of Paradise Lost. This is the story of celebrity news anchor, Louis Otieno, the small screen talent that had everything and then lost it all. His is a path that many other on-air talent after him will pass through. But his journey, his story, his tribulations are one of a kind.
2: Sleeping hours, so I can't plan on my sleeping. Mm -hmm. My only difficulty is uh, when I have to wake up, uh, maybe specifically real early, then I have a problem because I can't sleep with my earpiece, so then I have to tuck my phone in somewhere Mm. on me.
0: There was Absolutely no formula on how to be a celebrity, how to be in front of a camera, how to work in the news business. In the late 90s and early 2000s, television channels were less than a handful. Competition of getting to be TV personality was rumored to be one of who knows who's and who's connected to who. So, those who found themselves as television personalities had a lot of social responsibilities. This new breed of news anchors, Luyo Teno at the center of it, were laying the building blocks of Kenya's celebrity culture. The public was infatuated by the men and women who were showing up in the small screen talent. And, as always, it looked all so rosy. And for the most part, it was. In the balance of things, Being on television was a good thing. It opened doors for many. For others, it didn't quite work. They were either let go for some reason. In the public eye, though, the celebrities were important people, making money, and nothing could stand in their way. However, this was an industry that was being built without a plan, really. It was all happening by chance.
3: When the licenses were given by Moi, Moi government for radio and TV, you know, when the media was liberalized. Like, yeah. Before that, there was only KTN, yeah. which covered Nairobi. And so we applied, and there was a lot of pressure for licenses to be issued to private, you know, yeah. media people. So they issued out a license to Nation to start a radio and TV station to citizens who had been fighting, and to ourselves, we got one. Or radio and TV and I think his FM also had a were granted licenses
0: so licenses were just being granted and those with deep pockets would just make a media station no standardization of anything really just compete in the market let the best idea and the most aggressive idea win
3: and we only launched our a radio station because we had to find a segment that wasn't competitive, you know, nobody was playing in the seg- in the vernacular segment and of course people thought we were crazy, it would you know, never work. Yes, of course, because yeah. everybody said it wouldn't work, but we said, if why not, if you can produce a vernacular station with the same quality values of us, of a capital FM, imagine, you know, because there's a group, people love their own language, they love their own station, yeah. they thought we were crazy. It won't work. But of course, it took off. In 11 months, we were, like, at the top. Oh, my name is Rose Kimoto.
0: <laughs> what is Roski what they're doing currently?
3: <laughs> Rose Motho currently is running Three Stones.
0: Well, it did work for her as a media owner. But this competitiveness had another effect. As the media business was being set up, a structure of importance was also being set up. And a young man with a strong sense of his own opinion... Walked right into the sausage making fest. Here is Louis Otieno's day one. James, count day
2: one. Don't even go too far. Count day one. I don't know now. This is where I told you it gets complicated because I, I don't want, I don't want to be sued. Another one. To sue anybody, and I I don't want people to start writing and defending themselves. And but because it's true, it's all true. Okay, Mm -hmm. I have no reason to lie. But this is your story. But if I had to do what I could do, why would I need to lie?
0: When I started talking to Louis and recording our conversations, we agreed on a few things. One of those things was Absolute honesty. I have fact-checked some of these claims, spoken to some people mentioned. Those who accepted to speak to me corroborated. Those who didn't, well, we'll legally cover those parts. Apart from KBC, where he started his career, Louis worked in four top TV stations. His first breakthrough, NTV. So, here goes. The working environment in Kenya newsroom in early 2000, according to Louis. The setting, manager's office.
2: I walk into the person who's employing me.
0: The manager swinging around.
2: I vividly remember his swinging on his seat, his managerial seat.
0: Let's call the manager a Mr. Sam.
2: And he's holding a piece of paper.
0: That piece of paper signifying he has the power to do anything to you. That
2: is supposed to be me on paper in his hand. And he looks at me and he says, so you're the one who's called so-and-so. And I said, those are my names. Yes. And then he says, so what makes you think That's what he asked me. That's what he asked me. He asked me, what makes you think I need you?
0: And establishing a power balance.
2: And went on to ask me, what makes you think it will be useful to us? And number three, this is back to back. I don't have a... There's no space for me to put in something edgewise he's going back to back and then he asks me and I mean so tell me then what can you do for me
0: this particular question takes Louis the wrong way and
2: I look at this gentleman and he hasn't even invited me to sit down by the way common courtesy so I'm standing there I'm looking at him and I knew that we were in trouble from day one. But I knew what I have is bigger than me. And if it's bigger than me, it's bigger than him. So I looked at him and I told him, these were my very words I said to him, James. Actually, sir, I think the correct question would be, what can you do for me? And he stopped swinging. In my head, I said, oh, finally, the guy sits still. I was getting dizzy following him around. He stopped swinging. And he looks at me and he says, what did you say?
0: I personally think this meeting isn't going on too well. Well, as far as meetings go. But back to the story though.
2: I said, sir, you asked me a question and I responded. And he looks at me and says, you have not even gone on air. We have not even decided where we want to use you and you are already talking back. And I said, I'm sorry that my response is down to talking back, but I responded to what you asked. In other words, I was telling him, I was giving you what you gave. I speaking at your level. Because you will not disrespect me. Because you're swinging on a managerial chair.
0: It sounds like a mic drop moment. But let me remind you, this is day one. Meeting senior manager, our Mr. Sam.
2: But I think because of hubris, and not on my part. I think he decided I'm a challenge. And I think he felt that uh, he can subdue and rule. So I needed to be put in my place.
0: You get the picture? Louis was quoting Trouble from day one. Other industries would have ways on how to moderate this. But the man who seeks to control Louis, Mr. Sam, is less known or not known at all. To be clear, he has power in the company structure, but outside that, hmm. Louis, the person he manages, is known and crucially does not need an introduction. This power dynamic sets the tone of this relationship and becomes one that will be revisited over and over again. Then he picks out a paper, he
2: looks at it, he tells me, had you gone through your contract? This is what I am going to pay you nothing more nothing less this will be your salary and you sign here and tomorrow you will report to your line manager so i i looked at the paper i looked at him I asked him, so just to be clear, where do I sign? Here? He said, you're just going to sign? (laughs)
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I said, well, you're obviously not open to any negotiation or any discussion. And I'm clear about what I will do. So, yes, I will sign. He says, so you don't care if I'm paying you too much or too little? I said, I wouldn't know. You decided on your own. So, I wouldn't know. I don't know that there's a market rate. I don't know.
0: Thing is, Mr. Sam is simply trying to establish dominance. Nothing more, nothing less. He wants Louis to acknowledge that he is the boss and he holds the trump cards.
2: Says, told me, confirm to me what you've signed. You've seen the figure. I told him, sir, I'd rather confirm something else to you. He says, what? I said... You told me you have decided this is what I'm worth. Am I right? He says yes. And like I said, you had leave and yet to go on air. Don't be too sure. You leave and go on air.
0: So, Louis and Sam are obviously not getting on well. Threats on day one is hardly a good indication, but. Many in the industry will tell you this is just but another day at work. Anyway, the power balance has been off and here is Louis' chance to push back.
2: Even then, I will not ask you to review my salary. However, I need you to remember this thing. Just this one line. You have decided this is my worth I have signed out when somebody else comes knocking with a better offer let us not have acrimony
0: are you saying this on your first day of work yes not even work I've not even been put on air or anything You've not even signed the contract yet. I'm now signing my contract. I, can I say just, I see where the troubles began? Just <laughs> like <this. laughs> You're on their <that> side already. <laughs> no, 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 Here is Sophie Kenya, Louis Teno's news anchoring partner. Is Louis' personality an arrogant that time? Honestly? No.
1: As far as I know, I mean, uh, if you're speaking to me as an individual, I never really had an issue with him. Uh, in, uh, frankly speaking, I never, we never quarreled at all.
0: I asked Sophie these questions to get clarity. And she really helps in the perception questions about Louis. People would feel Louis was arrogant. Not you. People would feel he's arrogant.
1: It is possible, It is possible, but also that depends on how you present yourself on
2: air. And immediately, I began to get flack. Why aren't you like Sophie? Why aren't you like Sophie? And I said, what do you want me to do? Louis
1: has always held his shoulders high. Yeah? He's always walked tall and the perception that people had of him
4: didn't quite help. He liked to be corrected, yes, constructively, and he also wanted to do the same to others. But there are those that didn't accept. And when they didn't accept, they would go to the boss and say, this guy is looking down on us, he's always correcting us, he's not with us, he's not doing things the way we want because Louis wouldn't want to be hurried in his job. He wants to take his time because the end product has to be thorough, you see.
0: Precisely. The perception that people had of Louis didn't help. So it's sort of important to figure out where all this started.
3: Didn't have time for gossip, for bad mouthing. Louis never came and told me anything negative about anybody. Yet people would come and tell me negative things about Louis. I'd say, Why? Look at his show, top doctors. We've got sponsors, paid for. It's got, it's just taking off, because Louis comes in, has no time for gossip, has no time for any of the things that happen in that industry. Just come in, do his job, he'd record his show, and that's why people thought he was aloof. Mm. But he wasn't. He was just Louis. Maybe he's shy.
0: Louis tells me another wild story. Uh,
2: this is who we are, and we uh, are we are serious, he gave us the CEO talk. You know the CEO
0: talk. (laughs) So, Louis lands the gig and remember, this is in the early days of media business. There was a need to make anchors look sharp and look the part. So, companies came up with this great idea of dressing the anchors. Essentially, What they would do is buy suits and dresses and put them in the studios. Anchors access them only when they're about to go near.
2: And so I said, Excuse me, can I ask you a question? And they looked at me and, and I because nobody was speaking, everybody was taking instructions. And I had this irritating. them it was an irritating habit of just about when everything was about to be wrapped up i would be like but there's a question so i would ask a question so i said so what let me let me understand what you're saying so you're going to give me a nation look you're going to dress me up for the news but tomorrow I can bounce around in my estate or in town in my Rastafari t-shirt or my football jersey or my, you know, my, my, my dungarees and whatever I choose to wear. Sorry, but I'm a grown man. I know how to dress myself. I know how to blend my colors. I do not believe I need my clothing or my dressing supervised at this age, which was taken so personally by the production manager, I was immediately benched.
0: Benched here, meaning he was put off air. I am really interested in finding out how Louis got that perception of, well, let's say, difficult or unpleasant to work with. It is an industry thing. I have had it since the first time I walked into studios myself as a young broadcast journalist. It was called the Louis Otieno Complex.
3: Other people are very good at sucking up to their bosses, making small talk, building Mm -hmm. egos of their bosses. Louis had no time for that. Louis had no time to come and build up my ego or anybody else's ego to shine. No.
0: Production assistants who spoke to me and didn't wish to put their voice on record said it wasn't all that bad. Louis could be proud. And he had moments of borderline arrogance. He thought of himself highly and carried himself seriously. There was a lot of conversation that people thought he was proud. That he was a proud man. He didn't um, mingle with other people.
4: Did you ask him that?
0: Yes. <laughs> what, what did he say?
4: Okay, I don't want to know what he said, but let me tell you what I, what, what I think or what I what I know. Yes. He wasn't, he isn't a proud guy. Louis is a very obedient man and son and loving.
0: As you heard, Sophie Kenyon said,
4: He's always walked tall.
0: The colleagues part misunderstandings. That's easy to clear up. Louis enjoyed good things in life and he was never going to apologize for it all. He felt judged by the industry that he got everything because of a famous mother, Elizabeth Omolo.
4: Looked for ways of getting into broadcasting. He did struggle most of the time on his own. I didn't, I, I don't remember helping him to get into broadcasting.
0: In essence, he was in a rebellious mood from the beginning what is hard to figure out though is the top management and the tiff with louis
2: well they hate my gods they say i don't respect authority they say i don't follow protocol but i'm sorry i cannot sit back and apologize to you that i did not sit back and be a passenger on your train When you're moving at twenty kilometers per hour. And we are going to Mombasa. We've got to move.
0: It really is wild because this just didn't happen at one workplace. It happened in four different places. The very same thing.
3: And I remember when Louis we got Louis on, the first what shocked me and was the hostility from one of the top guys we had recruited, which was totally uncalled for. And I remember it surprised me why Louis never said a bad word ever about anybody, ever. I've never heard Louis disparage any reporter, any presenter, any anchor. Yet all I heard on the other end were disparaging remarks.
0: This is Rose Kimodo, former owner and proprietor of K24, Louis' last employer on television.
3: Oh, why do you need Louis? We can do without him. Oh, Louis cannot. And I said, but why would you be threatened? Because I believe it's people being threatened by Louis. You know, anybody who is, thinks to talk ill of somebody, it means you're threatened by them.
2: That's
3: true. Why would you talk? Why would you say, we don't need Louis? Louis is never going to make it. This station doesn't, we can do without Louis. But Kent even and I said, K-24 needs Louis.
0: Next time, on Paradise Lost.
3: The saddest thing in the history of the country and in the history of K-24 is the post-election violence. Because after that we had no advertisers. We didn't have the deep pockets that nation had. Initially we had an overdraft of 12 million. And of course with an overdraft, the interest is humongous. 24 hours just kept growing. Money just, your debt just like a nightmare overnight it just grows and grows 70 million you'll never get out of this and there's nothing you can do to stop it
0: paradise lost is written and produced by me james smart our sound engineer is mona chuba edit producer sharon Ongayo. this podcast is recorded at super africa our voice of artists is Musoke. Okay? Theme song for this podcast is produced by Trevor Magak. Guitar by Benjamin Masinde. Piano by Samuel Hendrick. Copyright Alfulela. Special thanks to Louis
2: Otieno.